It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as a minister with the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. At the close of this lesson, I'll extend to you a more formal invitation to uh, visit the church there in Kearney, and we hope that you will take advantage of that. But before we begin, I would first like to uh, invite you to leave comments in the comments section. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, perhaps you have a uh, thought that you'd like to share, some uh, criticism, or it might be an idea for a sermon. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, go ahead and leave that there. But you may also be listening on the radio show, or you can be listening through the podcast. Uh, You can still reach out to me. You can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive.com at gmail.com. Now, if you do choose to call or text or email, uh, make a note to me about which sermon that you were watching that uh, moved you to reach out, and uh, that will help me kind of get an idea of what you might be thinking with any comment that you might have. All right, and I do, uh, like I said, I always check the comments in the comment section for the uh, Facebook and YouTube, so I do want to thank those who do do that very thing. And I'm going to ask that you will, uh, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, give us a like and share it with as many people as possible so that we can take the gospel far and wide. That's our aim. That is our goal with this work. And we do hear from people from all over the world, and I'm very thankful for that. All right. uh, Tonight's lesson is one that I hope you agree with, and I hope that you will share because it's something that many people have gotten confused about because they've been listening to false teachers. And that is most unfortunate. Uh, We're going to talk about conditional salvation. Now, if you've never heard this before, you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I didn't think salvation was conditional. Well, yes, it is. And you're going to find out tonight that the scriptures clearly teach that. Those of you who have been hearing that salvation is unconditional, are those whose ears these wicked preachers are trying to scratch. Uh, They're just trying to make you happy and give you what they think that you might want to hear. But that is not what the truth is. And what you need to hear is what is the truth. And then you can deal with it. Whether you accept it or reject it, that's fine. But you need to hear the truth. And the truth is, is that salvation is conditional. I want you to look at the picture, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, look at the picture that I have displayed. In fact, I'll uh, load this up on the podcast in video form so that uh, all of you will be able to uh, see this picture who listen to the podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, those of you on the radio show won't be able to see it. But needless to say, I want you to look at that picture. This is a picture that I pulled up of the Apostle Paul when he was being taken to Rome and if you remember, he suffered shipwreck uh, on the uh, uh, when they went to shore on the uh, island of Malta. 
and so uh, it's a it's toward the end of the book of Acts. It's a really good story, and uh, I would invite you to read about that. In fact, I even watched a show on that this past week. They thought there's a possibility that they actually found the four anchors that were uh, dropped by Paul's ship. Now, there's no way of knowing that, but it does seem to be in the vicinity of where they think that he might be. But needless to say, uh, and they date to the to the right time too. But needless to say, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story. And we had just gone through this at church. And so that's there's a verse there in the story when the men were starting to panic and they were getting ready to lower the lifeboat into the water, they were going to try to save themselves. But the apostle Paul speaking by inspiration said to the centurion and the soldiers in Acts 27, 31, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And that's exactly what they did. They stayed in the ship. And then later they came into a, a, a bay and they were able to jump into the sea. Some swam to shore. Some others who couldn't swim grabbed planks, and they were able to make it that way. But needless to say, uh, at that particular moment when Paul said this, if they had jumped into the lifeboat, they would have been lost. And so they cut the lifeboat away. But the phrase I want you to notice, and this is important, is unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. You know, that is... Who would argue with this? If you're on that ship and you're told this, you're going to say, okay, then we're not going to be saved unless we're in the ship. You will understand that clearly. And why I'm proposing this to you, why I am setting this out to you, is because I want you to consider uh, this type of logic when looking at the rest of the scriptures talking about salvation. These were men who wanted their lives to be saved. What we're concerned with is saving our souls. And so Paul gives them a condition that they have to meet. They have to stay in the ship. And we understand that. That's very easy to understand. They understood it. They stayed in the ship. They were saved. And so we have to understand God's conditions in the Bible in order for us, our souls, to be saved. And so that's what we're going to do this evening. Uh, we're going to talk about conditional salvation. And when we define that, it is simply subject to implying or dependent upon a condition. Whenever you read a verse that says, if you do this, I will do that. You know, when God says this, we, we know there's a condition to it. God's going to perform something if you do something. That's, that's the condition. And so I've got a couple of examples just from the Bible that I think we can look at and understand exactly what's taking place. In John 8, 31 and 32, uh, Jesus had said, if you abide in my word, he said to the Jews, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If, there's that condition, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. If you abide in my word. And another example is in Isaiah 26, 3, uh, when the Lord promised, he says, "You well, when it's noted that the Lord will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, there's no if with this one, but it's the same thing. 
if I don't keep my mind on God and trust in him, then I'm not going to have that perfect peace. So we can see then that this is also a conditional uh, statement or promise. And then in 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 38, uh, this is Jeroboam being told he was uh, going to uh, receive the uh, uh, 10 tribes of Israel, the nation being split due to the sin of Solomon. And notice what's said to, to Jeroboam. He says, if you will listen to all that I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes and keeping my statutes and my commandments, as David, my servant, did, I will be with you and I will build you a sure house as I built for David and I will give you, I will give Israel to you. So there's the condition. If, if you do these things, if you listen to all that command you, then the Lord would perform that. That is what we're calling conditional promises. And so when we're talking about salvation, and this is important, we have to notice we should look conditional promises, because that's something that's common as we've already seen. Uh, Jesus used it. We can see God using it in the Old Testament here, and then uh, uh, and the passage we looked at in Isaiah. And so because we know they make conditional promises, uh, as well as some unconditional promises, but as they make conditional promises, we should be looking for such when we're talking about salvation. Because one thing that I think we can agree on is that salvation is needed by all men. All men have sinned, as Paul pointed out, and come short of the glory of God. And and we all should be seeking salvation. We need that. We need to be saved from our sins. Ezekiel 18.4 says, the soul that sins, it shall die. And so we have to make sure if we want to live on after death, after this flesh ends, then we need to be finding out what the Lord demands of us, if anything. Uh, like I said, there are those who say that he doesn't, but I am proposing that the Bible teaches that they do. And so I'm asking that you will give consideration, careful consideration, to what I'm going to share with you. And I want you to look through these things and then notice for yourself whether or not you think salvation is conditional. And if at the end of this lesson, I can assist you in any way. Reach out to me. I don't care where you are in the world. Reach out, and I'll do my best to find some assistance for you. Now, I want to start off with talking about hearing. And what I'm talking about is, is listening to the message that God has given us. I mean, I hope that you have a Bible. Uh, we all need a Bible so that we can hear the Word of God. We know that the Bible contains the Word of God. And so we need to be able to read it. Uh, when I say hearing, that means to, to be able to digest the words of God. As, as Paul told the Corinthians, it was the Spirit who searched out the mind of God. And then, of course, the Spirit revealed these truths to the Apostle Paul and it was that message that uh, Paul and the apostles preached. And, of course, it was recorded down as, as Scripture. And uh, it's a sure word. Um, there's many archaeologists use the Bible in, uh, in their uh, research, and uh, they have found it to be true as well. And so it is a sure word. That'll, we'll have to have that discussion another time. But it's something that we can definitely believe in and know that the God's word is truly uh, what it claims to be. 
Now, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 12 through 14, notice what the Apostle Paul says. And I want you to be careful when reading this and try to digest this, because now we're all hearing. We're hearing of the scriptures. It says there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Okay, now that's conditional. Okay, if we want the riches of the Lord, we have to call on him. He goes on to say, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, there's another condition, right? You have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That, that right there, that tells you not everyone's going to be saved because not everyone does call on the name of the Lord. But then he says this, how then will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And so in other words, what he's trying to say is that you need to hear God's word. You need to hear the message that's being preached. That's something that's important. If you don't hear it, you can't respond to it. And so you need to hear the word of God if you're going to call on him. That's why the Lord sent preachers, is so that men can call on God. But they have to hear. They have to know what God requires of them. Now, in Acts 19, 1 through 5, uh, this is uh, a good example of what I'm talking about. And we'll just start reading. It said, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I need to go on to the next uh, page. And he says, he said unto them, into what then were you baptized? And they said into John's baptism, speaking of John the Baptist. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, you see, all they had heard was the baptism of John. Paul was telling them something they didn't know. And the reason they didn't know was because they had not heard. And that's what they said. We hadn't even heard, except the baptism of, uh, uh, they hadn't even heard there was a spirit. They didn't know what Paul was talking about. But after Paul preached to them, which goes along with what we just read, it says, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's how important hearing is. We have to be able to hear the word of God. In 1 Corinthians 1, 21, Paul tells those Corinthians, he said, since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Now, why are, and the reason I'm bringing this up, obviously he's saying that preaching preaching of the gospel is how men are going to be saved. But why? It's because you have to hear. I have to hear. Everyone has to hear. So then is salvation conditionable on hearing the word of God? Well, yes. Why did Jesus send out his disciples in the Great Commission? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Why? Because the world had to hear the message. And so likewise today, it's important that we hear God's word. We need to know it. And that's why it's so important you get to church. 
You need to go to church to hear preaching. You need to go to church and support the Bible studies. You know, you need, as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. You need to go with people who are like-minded, interested in hearing of the gospel so that you can know what you need to do. Remember, hearing is one of the conditions upon salvation. Now, why do I even say that? Well, let's talk about believing. Because, you know, there's a lot of people saying, all you got to do is believe. Yeah, all you got to do is believe. And they don't, they think that's it. All you have to do is believe. And they don't even consider where belief comes from. But they are right in the fact that belief is a requirement. I mean, that's something that you do have to do. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. You have to believe. But then it goes on to say, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This goes into calling upon God. Remember, those who call upon the Lord will be saved. So then if you're going to call upon the Lord, that means you're you're desiring to draw near to God, right? You're calling upon God. You're drawing near to God. And then the scripture is saying you must believe that he exists. Well, that sounds to me like that's a requirement. So the, the, the question comes up, where does, where do I, how do I believe? This gets into the hearing again. Romans 10, 17, faith or belief comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It gets specific here, doesn't it? Faith comes from hearing and hearing what? The, the Bible, the word of Christ, specifically the New Testament. That's where faith comes from. Faith, faith comes from hearing. And so if we want to believe, and we should want to believe because we can see it's, 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 it's something the Lord requires, our salvation is conditional upon it. If we want to grow in faith, if we want to believe, then we're going to have to hear. See, hearing and believing, they kind of go hand in hand. You can't believe without hearing. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I wasn't there. I didn't see Jesus. How do I believe that he existed? How do I know that he's there sitting at the right hand of God? Because of the evidence. Where's the evidence? The evidence is in the scriptures. How did I hear that? Through preaching, through reading, through listening. I mean, I can read the preaching of Paul. Uh, I, that's how you hear the evidence. And because you hear the evidence, your heart can be convicted. You, you can know for a fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's where faith comes from. You got to know those scriptures. You got to have someone help you understand that. And that's not something to be ashamed about. Uh, we see that happening in Acts chapter 8 with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. When Philip went up to the Ethiopian eunuch when he was in his chariot, and he was trying to understand from the book of Isaiah what he was reading, and, and Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And and the answer from Philip was, how can I unless some man guides me? And he invited him up in the chariot, and Philip started from that very passage, and he started preaching to him about Jesus Christ. And so what did he learn that day as we're going to get through this? He's going to learn that salvation was conditional. But what had to happen was he had to hear it, and he had to believe. And we know he believed because after a while, he decided to obey. Why would he obey? Because he believed. 
That's right. Belief is one of the conditions that God gives man in order for him to be able to be saved. In James 2, 21 through 23, talking about Abraham, it says, Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. And I assume that we all know that story. If you don't read in the Old Testament, learn about that story. And he says, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. So when he's talking about works, he's talking about being obedient. And that's exactly what Abraham did. Abraham was given a promise that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And the only seed he had was Isaac. But yet the Lord told him to offer up Isaac on the altar. And so he believed God. He believed in his promises. And so he was going to carry out that command. He was going to offer his son up on the altar, thinking that the Lord would just raise Isaac from the dead in order to fulfill his promise. Now, of course, we know the rest of the story was the Lord stopped him. Once he saw that he was committed to obeying him, he stopped him and he provided a ram for the offering and that was in the thicket. And so he didn't have to offer his son, but it was a test to see if he would be obedient to him and he was willing to be obedient. And so by his obedience, God knows he sees evidence of his faith. Of course, how did he know to go up there? It's because God told him to go up there. That was with the hearing. And this, again, is just an example of conditional salvation. And another part that goes along with this is repenting. You can hear that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that you can receive salvation through Christ. But what you have to understand is that's going to be conditional. That is a promise that is conditional upon you repenting of your sins. When the Apostle Paul went into uh, Athens and he saw the different uh, uh, statues, the various gods, one to the unknown God, he told those on Mars Hill that uh, he wanted to talk to them about the, the unknown God. And so he starts off by saying the time of this ignorance, Acts 17, 30, 31, God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Repent, that means to turn from your sins. Why? Because he's fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he's given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So in other words, he's saying, look, we're going to be judged. We're going to be judged by Jesus. That's who he's talking about. And Jesus is wanting to see those works of obedience the same way he saw them through Abraham. And the only way we're going to have works of obedience is if we repent of being disobedient. You see what I'm saying? It's conditional. We have to meet that condition. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 and 39, on the day of Pentecost, when all men had gathered and they heard the apostles preach that first gospel lesson, and uh, Peter preaching to them, and, and uh, they found out they'd killed Jesus. After they had been told they had killed the Son of God, and they believed because it had been disclosed to them through the Scripture. So they heard and they believed, and it says they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles in Acts 2, 37, 39, 
brothers, what shall we do? Meaning <laughs> we have killed God's son. What greater wrath could come upon someone? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on. But notice what he said, repent. Now, we're going to come back to this passage later. But repentance was one of the conditions in order for them to receive forgiveness of sins. Repentance. And if you want God to forgive you today, you're going to have to repent. Look at Revelations 2 and verse 5 uh, to the church at Ephesus. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. Repent. And then he tells them that he'll remove their candlestick from its place unless you repent, meaning they'd lose their identity as the Lord's church. But they had to repent. And so it's important uh, for us to repent as well. That's, that's part of the conditions of being saved. Another condition is confession. We have to be willing to confess Christ. In Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, Paul said, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be, uh, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. But notice, you got to look at the whole, yes, you confess and you're saved. That's just not all of it. That's just the part he's saying there, because he's coupling that with belief. He's saying you're confessing because you believe in your heart. Well, we've already discussed how you believe, because you come to hear. But now you're confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There are those today who profess to know God. They confess Jesus, Titus 1.16, but they deny him because of their obedience, their works. They are not being obedient to God. If we are going to confess to God and meet his conditions, then it has to be the type of confession that accompanies repentance. We have to be doing that. We have to be making sure we're being obedient. We just can't make a confession and think that's going to be enough to save us because it's not going to be. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, when talking about Christians that were in Jerusalem, uh, it says they were scattered. They all left Jerusalem. And why? Because of the persecution. But what did they do? They were scattered and went about preaching the word. In other words, they were confessing Jesus. That's what you do when you're preaching. That's what we're doing tonight. When you're preaching, you're confessing. And why is that? Because that's what God wants his people to do. He wants them to confess his name to all men, preaching the gospel. And so we have to be willing to do that. That's part of our obedience that we have to do in order to be saved. And then finally, to get in Christ, we have to understand we have to be baptized into Christ. In Acts chapter 2, going back to that day of Pentecost, in Acts 37 and 39, when they asked, what shall we do? Remember, I told you to hold that passage. Uh, I want you to notice, instead of repentance this time, what Peter said, he said, "Be repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, in other words, by his authority for the forgiveness of sins. Repent and be baptized. And so baptism is most definitely 
a part of salvation. It is an act of obedience. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, we read the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's conditional. You have to be in Christ in order to have eternal life. So then how do you get in Christ? Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 28, it says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. There you go again. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, and there's neither slave nor free, and there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now find a passage that teaches another way that you can get into Christ other than through being baptized into Christ. You have to get into Christ in order to receive forgiveness. Romans 6 and verse 3 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You have to be baptized. You have to be in Christ. There's no way you can attain salvation unless you're in Christ. And the only only way that I know in which man can be in Christ is through baptism. 1 Peter 3, verse 20 and 21 makes a, an illustration when it talks about the days of Noah, when it talks about the uh, the, the ark and how Noah, the eight people uh, were saved uh, because of uh, Noah. They, they got in the ark. And when the floodwaters came, uh, they were saved because, you know, they, they had obeyed God by building that ark, and they got in. If they hadn't got in, they wouldn't have been saved, but they were saved because they were in the ark. And then he goes on to say, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. So, I mean, that's that's important to notice. That's and I mean, that's just as clear clear to understand as when Paul was telling the centurion, unless everyone stays in the boat, they're not going to be saved. You know, this this is something Noah understood it. And him and his family weren't going to be saved unless they were in the ark. We're not going to be saved unless we're in Christ. Very simple, very easy. So salvation is conditional. I don't care what anybody tells you. It is conditional. You have to hear God's word. You have to believe it. You have to repent of your sins. You have to confess. You have to be baptized into Christ. But even then, that's not enough. Because in Revelations 2 and verse 10, we're told we have to be faithful unto death. If we were faithful unto death, then we will get the crown of life. So you see then Christianity is a life-changing thing. You go from being disobedient to obedient. Salvation hinges upon our being in Christ and being obedient to his will, not doing, not to continue sinning and doing what we want, but to be obedient. We have to be obedient in order to be saved. And so, of course, there's a lot of arguments to be made, you know, with uh, people uh, talking about uh, perfect obedience, that no man is perfectly obedient. We can talk about that for another time. But needless to say, we have to do our best at obeying Jesus. So the question is, have you been baptized into Christ? Have you done these things? Is your salvation 
right with God according to the scriptures? Have you met his conditions? If not, let me help you. Reach out to me and I'll do what I can. Hey, if you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, uh, come and, and meet with us. We are meet at 406 North Clark every Sunday morning at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. You can learn all about the church by going to CarneyChurch.com. Now, if you like this lesson, want to hear more like it, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time. And then, of course, after the first of the year in 2024, we're going to 8 a.m. But uh, uh, as of right now, it's at 7 a.m., but you can hear a message from God's Word. And if you live outside of Kearney, download their app, and you can stream it on your mobile device. Brian Spirits airs every Thursday at 10 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And we also uh, uh, publish that in uh, podcast form. But needless to say, it's a Bible study with me and two other preachers. We talk about uh, something each and every week. And you're more than uh, uh, invited to join us. You go to the carneychurch.com, press on the Brian Spirits app, and it'll take you where you need to be. Now, Gospel Preaching Live and Brian Spirits, as I said, are published on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and you can download those there. Okay, that's all I have for you uh, this evening. Uh, Lord willing, I will be not be coming to you. Uh, next Thursday, but I will be coming to you this Sunday at 6 p.m. And to, uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up, so I'll be taking off the following Thursday. Okay, until then, remember this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.